Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, the host of this podcast. And after spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted to continue to find ways to give back to individuals that want to get into this business or individuals that are currently in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'll have the privilege to sit down with top-ranking professionals in our industry. You'll hear their career path, what they look for in successful people, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Time certainly flies. It is crazy to think it's season four of 52 Weeks of Hustle already. With season four, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path. We're going to discuss three key topics that are current in the industry and three hustle hot seat questions. And... Three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guests this week. The college athletic world is constantly changing and evolving. It's vitally important to always stay ahead of the curve to keep moving in the right direction. I'm excited to have our next guest share his career in the college world. I'm excited to have Garrett Classy, Deputy Athletic Director and Chief Revenue Officer for the University of Houston. Garrett, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Travis. Honored to be here. Garrett, I'm very excited to dive into your career. And, and going back to the beginning, you received your bachelor's from the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and then later your master's at George Washington University. As you thought back to your to your undergrad, what did you think you wanted to do as a career path? You know, that's great. You know, I grew up in a dairy farm in southern Wisconsin, and the one thing I did know was that I wasn't going back to the dairy farm. I loved growing up that way, taught you a lot of hard work and responsibility, but I knew that there had to be a better way to make a living out there. And so... Um, just by dumb luck, being in uh, at going to school at the University of Wisconsin, I applied for the job in the ticket office in the athletic department. Had no idea you could have a career in sports. You know, back then, you know, every school in the country right now has a sports management degree program. Back then, there was probably just St. Thomas and Georgia and the University of Ohio. So um, I fell into it, quite honestly, and always loved sports, always played sports. And so that was that was really the genesis. And then while working at the University of Wisconsin, met a gentleman named John Sheffield, who became a mentor and a second father to me that really um, told me I had a talent and a desire and a passion to do uh, sports. And I, and I loved it. I, it was just, I probably, my grades suffered a little bit because I probably spent more time working in the athletic department than I did going to class. <laughs> well, that's a, it's always a good thing though, right? It's a real life experience. And I'm sure you know, some college professors never like me, hear me say that, right? But it's, you probably learn more in that internship with the athletic department than you did in like history or Western civilization class. Yeah, well, in, in the, at least in my world, yes, I did. Well, you know, Garrett, on your end, did you ever imagine you'd spend nearly 30 years in college athletics? Uh, you know, uh, quite honestly, I, I, I did think I'd spend 30 years in athletics. I just have always loved um, the challenge, I, you know, I love being around the student athletes. You know, I've worked at so many different types of schools and just every day is different here. I think that's what I enjoy the most is that the, not one day is the same. And so, um, yeah, honestly, I, I did think um, I don't even know what else I do because I have such a passion. I love what I do every single day. You know, as, as and we're going to get into your illustrious career and you've made some moves to, to other different properties and promotions and I'm sure throughout that time, you've been asked to be in you know, professional sports, minor league sports, et cetera. And you've always stayed in that collegiate space. What has made you really want to stay in the college athletic world? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the student athletes, number one, right? It's our jobs is primarily educator, especially when you get to the administrative side. You know, early on, I got into it because I love sports. And then it transitioned into loving the student athlete experience and seeing these young men and women grow 
into not just professional athletes, but more so into their professional careers and into fathers, wives, uh, mothers, you know, it just, it's been great keeping in touch with all these student athletes. And I think today, what drives me, not just the student athlete experience, but is the challenge is you read every day in D1 ticker. I mean, there's changes coming fast and furious. And I just feel like college athletics is very much a copycat business herd mentality. And, and I like that challenge. I think I, I, I'm innovative. I think outside the box. And I think when you do that, you adapt to change quicker and it gives you a chance to really outpace your competition. And so I love that thrill and that challenge every single day. That's great. And you started off your career in ticketing there at Wisconsin and thinking back to your time then, what's one key learning back then that you still apply to your everyday? When I talk to young people in this business, I still believe the ticket office is the best place to start in college athletics because it's the, the, one of the very few, if not the only area in college athletics where you're both on the internal side and the external side. You work closely with the business office. You work with the coaches. You work with the donors. Um, you're, you're front facing. You're the gateway to the athletic department. And so I'm biased, of course, but that is the one area where I feel like you touch every area of the athletic department. And I think that's where you learn the most. And um, and to this day, you know, whether it's a ticket office here at Houston or or my start, you know, almost 30 years ago at the University of Wisconsin, I, that has stayed, stayed constant. You know, and in the ticketing world and in selling, you know, it's it's many times it's unlimited opportunities, a little less stress, typically, you know, potentially opportunities to make more money, um, maybe no politics, et cetera, et cetera. And however, early on in your career, you made the move in your career to getting into leadership. Why did you want to make that move to leadership? You know, this sounds like a very simple answer, but it was to make a difference. You know, I, I felt like, hey, the ticket office is great. Um, for those of you listening that are, are in the ticket office, it's a wonderful area, but it can be a grind, especially in the operations side. And so to be able to do something a little bit different. And like I said, tickets became a passion of mine, but I didn't grow up it being being my passion. And so, um, you know, luckily working at the University of Oregon, I got the opportunity to get into fundraising and the development, then to move into George Washington, where I had some sport administration oversight and then oversee every single area of the external side. I really enjoyed it. So I think, you know, I wanted to make a difference and, and I'm always up for a good challenge and it has been a challenge. And, you know, I just think anytime that you're in a career, you want to be able to grow yourself and and do what's best and 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 I can't, I don't think I could, I would do anything to rewrite anything in my career. I've enjoyed every step of the way. No, I love it. And you're thinking about every step along the way, Garrett, you went on to work at the University of Alabama, the University of Oregon, George Washington, the University of Illinois at Chicago, University of Nebraska, and now the University of Houston, some very prestigious organizations, and certainly some prestigious sports organizations, you know, from that perspective, in each of those moves, you're able to gain more and more responsibility. And so what went into your overall decision-making process for some of those moves in your career? Yeah, I mean, they were all very diverse in different roles, you know, probably except for my most recent move. And each of them were a step up in responsibility, and they all were diverse types of institutions. If you look back, I've worked at large public power five institutions in an urban setting to private schools in a or in a rural setting, excuse me, to to private schools in an urban setting. And so they all have a little bit different dynamic. And so I think the biggest thing this has gone into is just the challenge at each school as well as who you're going to work for. I think people get caught up with the logo on their chest. They get caught up 
on um, you know where they're going to live. But I think if you really have a passion for it and you want to better yourselves, it's about the people you work for and the people you work with every single day. And I think you know before I I wasn't that person that just applies for every job on the sun. I've been very very calculated, making sure you're making the right moves, and that it was going to challenge me and then help my help me grow as a person, not just as a professional. Garrett, nearly a year ago, you take on the role as the Deputy Athletic Director and Chief Revenue Officer there at the University of Houston, and where you oversee revenue generation units and initiatives. And I know the easiest answer, it's never the same, but what does a day-to-day look like for you? And, and you're right, it isn't the same. But, you know, some days you're focused on you know, generating revenue from a ticket side of things. Other days you're working with the development office closely. Other days you're working with your your Learfield partner to boost that area. I mean, the one thing that that is the constant, you're always promoting your brand and you're always telling your story and that happens every single day. And then, you know, when you're the administrator side, sometimes you're dealing with student athlete issues. Sometimes you're dealing with budgetary issues. And like I said earlier in this podcast, that's the thing that really excites me that every single day is different and it's a lot, but I enjoy it. And it's, it's, um, people say, well, it's a it's a lot, lot of hours what you do. And I I remind them that, well, it's not as many hours as growing up on the dairy farm. So this yeah. is got, this slows down a little bit. But yeah, yeah, I, I you know, I get asked that question often and, and no day is the same, but that's what makes this uh, working in college athletics special. Absolutely. And as you think about something special and you think about no day is the same, even for, for the University of Houston there, next year is not going to be the same. And, you know, currently yeah. you're working with the executive team. To, to amend and execute in the, the go forward plan into the big 12 conference. How has that process been for you? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, this was our first year in the big 12 conference and moving from the AAC to the big 12, there's always growth. And just because you elevated your membership into a power five institution doesn't mean you're mature as the rest of the big 12 institutions that have been here for tens of hundreds of years. And so we need to make sure that we're viewing everything from a, a different lens, making sure uh, not just how do we you know, catch up to our peers, our competitors, but how do we outpace them? And so every day we, you know, we set expectations and we try to hold each other accountable to how we're going to grow, not just for the student athlete experience, but obviously budgetarily and from a revenue side and how do you grow? I um, mean, we had um, the largest single season growth of season tickets in the country this year. Now, how do you maintain that? And so, it, it, you know, where do you open up revenue opportunities? You know, we have new sponsors, new donors, new ticket holders, new um, new people that want to give back to the University of Houston because of our elevated uh, conference. And so it's not enough just to open up the phone lines and, and open up checks. It's never that easy. We know that in revenue generation, you have to be able to uh, tell your story. You know, we we're really transforming our our communications team into a uh, our own digital media company. You know, I've worked in a lot of urban institutions where they complain because the local newspaper doesn't cover you. Well, they don't have to cover you anymore. We got over three hundred thousand unique uh, social media followers. We have our audience, so we have to tell our own story. And and those are the things that we challenge ourselves to get better at every single day. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on Two Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Garrett Classy, Deputy Athletic Director and Chief Revenue Officer for the University of Houston. And, you know, Garrett... We could certainly talk about your career for hours, but I want to get into three hot topics. You know, question one, you've taken some risk in your career. And we've talked early on in the podcast about some of the moves you've made, many that are very calculated. And, and also you have to understand the personal side and your willing your willingness. And you know, we talked about even before the podcast, willingness of, uh, of our spouses to to do those relocations or to work the hours we do. What's your advice on listeners or your two listeners on just being willing to take a risk? I mean, you have to take a risk in everything in life. You can't be afraid to fail. If you're afraid of failure, then you're going to stay status quo for a long time. And, you know, and, and risks are a good thing. I think early on in my life, risk was always a negative term. And, and it's not. It's it's something you can't grow yourself personally and professionally unless you step outside your comfort zone. And so, um, you know, we talked about moving families. Well, you know, I got a late start in my career, both in marriage and with having children. And so the first move that I made um, with a spouse was from Washington, D.C. Um, no, from Chicago, actually. No, Washington, D.C. to Chicago. And then my and then Chicago to Lincoln. And my first move with children was from Lincoln to Houston. And so uh, I had a late start. So I, I was able to be selfish early in my career and worry about myself and and not have to uh, engage other people in that process. But it's different now. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. But um, you're always taking risks, not just professionally, you're taking risks every day. And, and if you don't do that, you're just, yeah, like I said, you're going to be status quo and you're never going to better yourself. Your question too, in, in your overall career experience, you've been a part of so many different growth initiatives from ticketing, naming rights, fundraising, the list goes on and on. What have you done to help yourself become so well-rounded? You know, you have to be a student of the business. And that's not just reading the D1 ticker every day. That's not just going to NACTA. That's not just going to conferences. Like I said earlier, I think we have such a herd mentality in this business. So how do you read books on leadership to better yourself? How do you um, meet people outside of the world sports to better yourself? Uh, early in my career, I made sure that I have a lot of mentors in this business, but they're not just in sports. Uh, there's things that they're doing in the Australian Cricket League that's better than what we're doing in college sports or indie racing or Formula One. And so you got to be able to have a broad base interest and in, in really get into it. And, and recently, I've really geeked out on this artificial intelligence revolution. And I, you know, you have to be able to get deep in the weeds on some of those things. I think in our business, there's always going to be third parties that want to come in and consult and do things for you. But the reality is, is we can't consult with every or hire a third party to do every function of our job. So we have to do it well ourselves. And so you really have to try to better yourself. It's not just staying on trends in college athletics, it's staying in trends in the world and in the world of business. Going to Chicago was great for me because 
and and Washington DC because that was the first in my life where I was meeting Fortune 500 CEOs that became mentors and made me think more of a business than just like a college athletic administrator. And I think you need that balance, especially where this business is headed today. You know, I think that's a key point that you meant you made there, Garrett, is is just always being and keeping up with the Joneses, staying proactive where you talk about AI, right? Like if if people are sitting in your chair that's not even thinking about it, other people are going to pass them up. You know, you, you're yep. constantly learning, which is, is great advice. You know, question three, you've helped train and develop many great industry leaders as well as consistently work with industry leaders on the C-level. What are some key characteristics that stick out to some of those most successful people you've come across? I always use the two hard work and common sense. And it's not that simple, but both seem to be very limited in our society today. So I, I like to stick to the sure. basis. But, yeah. I, but I the best leaders I've been around, they don't focus on goals. They more focus on the systems that they put in place because the goals are going to happen if you have a great culture and incredible systems. And, and either people that I'm mentoring or leaders you got to have self-awareness you got to have humility and you got to have authenticity and then the last thing is obviously is always integrity and i know those are you know very basic you know core values that everyone has but it's the truth the best leaders have been around possess all those things but you know i i will absolutely say that you, you got to be able to focus on the systems i'm just a big believer in that once you put those in place all the goals are going to come to you Garrett, what a great career you've had. As you think back to your time and your stops, what's been your best memory? You know, it's been different every step of the way, right? I mean, just getting my first job in college athletics was amazing. And traveling with the football team to your first bowl game at Wisconsin was pretty incredible. And then at Tulane, you know, you, you make their first college world series in history and, you know, beating a, you know, juggernaut and Skip Bertman and the LSU Tigers, you know, and in Alabama, I was not there during the Nick Saban days, but going to their first bowl game after probation. I mean, and then Oregon, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, you know, I met my wife there. So that was one of the greatest moments of my career. And then being there to the great run of Chip Kelly and then UIC being, you know, the first time I, I was an athletic director. And so it's hard to, to narrow it down to one. I just I owe my life to this profession. And I, I just every place I've been, I've had really special moments. So I try not to focus on one and I know it's a cop out Travis and I'm not, trying no, to not at all. Question, but I believe strongly that, that every event has been pretty special in my life. That's great. And you know, Garrett, this has been great. Close it out. I like put our guests on the hustle hot seats. You ready for this? Yes. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? You never heard of this before Travis, but it's a, it's a veal sausage called Culberwurst. And uh, my hometown is New Glarus. If you've heard of Spotted Cow Beer in Wisconsin, that's my yeah. hometown. Okay. And my family's 100% Swiss, and it's a it's a veal sausage that's really only served in that part uh, of the state and that part of the country. And that that is my favorite meal. We eat it every holiday. That's your go-to. If a yeah. movie was made about your life, who would want you? Who would you want to play yourself? Oh man. You know, this is a stretch and we don't look alike, but J I would say Jason Sudeikis. I mean, he's just, you know, from the Ted Lasso to his comedy to he's just, man, that's the one guy I'd like to go hang out with just for a night. He seems like he'd be a lot of fun. What's the last thing you completed on your bucket list? Some, another cop out answer. I don't have a bucket list. I, I really don't. I love to travel. Every day is a blessing. Um, I would say if there are bucket list items, it's probably places I haven't been yet traveling wise. And so Southeast Asia would be on there. South America, I've spent a lot of time in Europe. I've been to Australia, but 
Um, you know, my bucket list is, you know, like I said earlier, I'm an old dad. Every morning I get to wake up to my two and four-year-old and my beautiful wife. It's a great day. So um, maybe I'll have time to think about it once I retire from this crazy business. But yeah. I don't, uh, I have fun every single day. I work hard and I play hard. So That's awesome. I, I check items off every day. To close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? You know, I I say this all the time, Travis, and I think you see this at every conference, every person you talk to. Everyone always enforces, you got to network, you got to network, you got to network. And there's nothing wrong with networking because you have to know people. But like, I like to tell young people, you better outperform your current job. I've been around people that are very passionate um, but they don't work hard because they spend all their time networking. So you better make sure before you're going to 10 conferences a year, you're taking care of things in the home front. And I, and I feel strongly about that. And then I think what we talked about earlier, you better be able to innovate and you better be able to adapt to change. You know, one of my favorite sayings is if you don't like change, you're going to like your relevance even more. And so you always have to be on top of things and make sure that you're innovating and adapting to change. Garrett, thank you so much. Pleasure talking to you. I certainly appreciate your time and expertise. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on, Travis. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.